What's up, everybody? Glad to be back, and I hope you're all caught up and ready to dig in. We pick up with Revelation chapter 20, as well as some of the prophets, as we finish out this 75-day interval period, leading us up to the official beginning of the Millennial Kingdom. Last time, we discussed how the interval period was broken into two blocks of time, first being a 30-day period, the second being a 45-day period. Previously, we covered the 30-day period and began the 45-day period. In the last episode, we ended with showing you one of the first groups to receive their resurrected or eternal bodies, and that group was the Old Testament saints. We know that the church received theirs at the rapture, so the first group after the tribulation uh, is over to receive their resurrected bodies is the Old Testament saints. So let's pick up with Revelation chapter 20, where John shows us another group that receives their resurrected bodies at the end of the tribulation period. Revelation 20, verse 4, I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. John indicates here that the tribulation saints that were martyred for their faith received their resurrected bodies, their their glorified bodies, uh, and reigned with him during the thousand years. They are given authority to judge as, you know, during this interval time, it is a time of judgment as well as grace or blessing. So that would make sense. Now, also, we know this is referring to the 45-day period uh, right before the, the millennial kingdom begins because they are they first have to receive their resurrected bodies, their glorified bodies, then they reign with him. Everyone must have a physical body in order to live in the kingdom, in the millennial kingdom. So we also know that these martyr saints were last seen in, in heaven in chapter 6. Uh, we talked about that. They were the ones John saw under the altar crying out for justice to be served on the people responsible for their deaths. This brings us to the next group that we need to look at, the Jews that made it through the tribulation that still have their natural bodies. There are a few passages that we will look at. First is Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31 through 34. It says that the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. So here we see some important details. There is a clear reference to the new covenant. Remember, the new covenant was for Israel, but they rejected it, and the Gentiles were grafted in uh, into this new covenant. Notice that God says he was like a husband to them, and yet Jesus is also described in a similar fashion as the groom uh, and the bride, be, uh, the church being his bride. You know, everyone at the end of the day must be saved by grace through faith in Jesus, Jew or Gentile. But it is also just always interesting to me to see the way Scripture refers to that connection, that relationship between Israel and God. 
and then the way the church and Jesus uh, are connected, the way Scripture refers to them, it's it's so similar, but it's interesting not to say the least. But anyways, we'll save that discussion for another time. Jeremiah says that this group of Jews will know God fully and will not have to teach one another because they will have his word written on their hearts. They will be forgiven and their sins will be remembered no more. This uh, shows that they are saved, but because you can't fully know God without Christ and remembering their sins no more. That part comes uh, because you know they're covered by the blood of Jesus. When you're covered by the blood of Jesus, God remembers your sins no more. You know when someone comes under the new covenant, they are under grace. And the blood covers their sin and God remembers it no more, meaning it is not held against you because the payment has already been made and all he sees is the blood that covers you. Jeremiah 24, 7 says that Israel will return to him with their whole heart, meaning they'll be fully obedient. No more of this half-hearted stuff and wishy-washy stuff. The whole group, the whole nation, they will be fully obedient. Jeremiah goes on in chapter 50, verse 20, and says that no sin will be found in them. He will pardon those he leaves as a remnant. They will keep his word perfectly and will have no sin in them. This is only possible for those who have a resurrected body, uh, as well as, you know, of course, they have to be saved. But those who have a resurrected body, as we mentioned before, uh, when you receive your glorified body, you will have no sin in you and they will have no sin in them and because once you have that that new body you're you are freed from the sin nature it's no longer a part of you ezekiel 11 19 through 20 references that they will receive a new spirit and a new heart their hardened heart is gone and the holy spirit lives in them now like he does for us again the only way they can uh, they can now keep his statues completely as if they are not only saved, but have their resurrected bodies, their glorified bodies. As you remember, the 144,000 were said to be blameless, but not sinless. But here it says that Israel is said to be sinless. Now, Zephaniah 3, 12 through 13 tells us they will be sinless as well. And Jesus says in Mark 12, 25, that when they receive their resurrected bodies, they will no longer be able to be married because, like us, they will belong to God and to Jesus. Now, there are other scriptures that tell us that there, there will be people in the kingdom that will, uh, still, that will still have their natural bodies and they will marry and have kids and will multiply throughout the earth, as you will see as we continue through our study. So how can every Jew have a resurrected body if there will be if there will be some of them getting married and having kids in the kingdom, the best explanation is they don't. Um, I would assume that the Old Testament saints, along with any of the Jews like the hundred forty four thousand, um, the two witnesses, etc., that th- those who who, ha- who were saved, obviously they came to faith in Christ and were killed during the tribulation, they will receive a resurrected body and will live. You know, in their land as promised by God and will keep God's statutes completely and have no sin uh, and no sin will be found in them you know, or among them and they will know God fully. And again, this is only possible with a resurrected eternal body that is free from the sin nature. But for those who are still in their natural body at this time, they will in- enter the kingdom and be able to marry and have kids. And over the thousand years, they will reproduce and multiply throughout the earth and that's a long time, let me just say, and that's a time for them to multiply to what is 
likely to be millions and millions of people that will be on the earth by the end, uh, if not a lot more, by the end of this thousand years. Now, even though they will live long lives like the days before the flood, there will still be death during the thousand years. Even though Satan is locked up and can't tempt or lead people astray, the offspring of all those with natural bodies will be born into sin, meaning they have they will have a sin nature just like we have now, which means they will have to put their faith in Jesus at some point or they will suffer the same fate as all unbelievers. And believe it or not, there will be many people uh, during this thousand years that come from these from those who have natural bodies and there'll be many that will not put their faith in Jesus during that time, as you will see as we go through this, this study. That is difficult to believe, but it will happen. We will cover the details on the Millennial Kingdom in depth in the episodes to come. For now, let's get back to the remainder of the last days of this interval period. So we know that only believers, meaning those who have put their faith in Jesus as the Savior and Son of God, will enter the Millennial Kingdom. Every believer who has died from the Old Testament saints to the church saints to the tribulation saints, Jew and Gentile alike, if they were believers and died, they now have resurrected, glorified bodies at this point. And so they, they, they cannot die again. What about the believers, though, and the unbelievers that are alive at the time that, that Christ uh, returns? We know, according to Scripture, that all of Israel, meaning the Jews, that is alive and, and makes it to the end when Christ returns is saved. Okay, all of them. So when Christ returns, there are no unbelieving Jews alive. They're all the Jews alive at that point are believers in Christ. But there are some unbelieving Gentiles. That is because the covenant God made to save all that made it to the end only applied to the Jews. Remember, their hearts were partially hardened to allow the gospel to go out to the Gentiles during the church age. So this promise only extended to the Jews regarding uh, the tribulation time and those who made it to the end would all be saved. That only pertains to the Jews. So the Gentile unbelievers that make it to the end yet never put their faith in Jesus will reap the consequences for that choice. Now, Matthew 25, 31 through 33 says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. Uh, all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Remember, when Jesus returned, uh, Scripture tells us, you know, John said that, Jesus was not only accompanied by believers, okay, but that his angels came with him as well. So Matthew 24, 31 tells us why. And and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one uh, end of heaven to the other. So now here in Matthew 25, he tells us that the angels will gather all that remain those who are still alive at this point, talking about the Gentiles as well, they will all come before Christ. And the Gentiles will come before Christ, the believing Gentiles that are alive at this time, as well as the unbelieving Gentiles. And those two Gentile groups will be separated into two groups, the sheep and the goats. The sheep are the believers and the goats are the unbelievers. The reference to the sheep being put on his right means they receive a place of honor on the goats being put on his left, 
which is a place of dishonor. Matthew goes on to say that the sheep are told to enter the kingdom, for it is their inheritance. But the goats are told to depart from him, and they are sent to hell, where all unbelievers who have died are sent. So Jesus will sit on his throne in the temple that is rebuilt and been cleansed during the first part of the interval period. So we talked about that before. So now Jesus will sit on that throne in the temple, and he not only separates the sheep from the goats, but Scripture tells us that all believers, that includes us, will come before him and be rewarded for, for our deeds as a believer. Second Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. This will take place during the 45 days. Now, let's wrap it up with what John writes in Revelation 20, 5-6. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years was ended. were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. John has already told us that all believers who died or, or have been raptured, Jew and Gentile alike, including the Old Testament saints who believed when Jesus descended into paradise and preached the gospel to them, they all have now received their resurrected eternal bodies. The sheep, which are the Gentile believers, have been granted access to the kingdom, and the goats, which are the, un, which are the Gentile unbelievers, have been cast into hell. So what John says here is that the, that the rest did not come to life meaning the unbelievers who died and are in hell currently, they did not receive their resurrected eternal bodies. They remain in hell until the end of the thousand years. After that time, they will be resurrected and given eternal bodies with which they will go before the great uh, throne judgment. And this is the second resurrection. And they will stand before God at the great throne judgment where they are judged and condemned and then thrown into the lake of fire where the false prophet, Antichrist, and the devil uh, are. This, or the devil will be at that time. This is what John calls the second death. That is why all who share in the first resurrection are considered blessed because they will never experience the second death. They will not take part in the great throne judgment. They will get to be priests of God and Jesus and reign with him. Now, what have we learned about this 75-day interval period? All preparations have been, have been made for the kingdom to start. The earth has been restored to, to, its, to an amazing, beautiful place. The temple has been cleansed and rebuilt in a new and better way. The evil of the world has been set aside for at least a time, i.e. Satan is locked in the abyss. Antichrist and false prophet are thrown into the lake of fire permanently. All believers have went before the judgment seat of Christ to receive their reward for their deeds as a believer, good or bad. All the citizens of the kingdom are present and ready to receive their inheritance. All resurrected saints from the Old Testament church and tribulation period, uh, tribulation saints are, are entering the kingdom now, so we know that, as well as those uh, believers who didn't die during the tribulation, uh, they'll get to enter as well. And all living uh, unbelievers, which are uh, only the Gentiles at this point, are sent to hell. Next, we study the details of the millennial kingdom 
that means we have to venture out once more from Revelation because John doesn't give much detail regarding the millennial kingdom because it is already written in several places in the Bible, especially in the books of the prophets. So that is where we will pick up tomorrow. Then after that, we will come back to what John writes in chapter 20 regarding Satan being released after the thousand years, along with his final punishment and the judgment of the dead or the unbelievers, which involves the second resurrection and second death that we talked about earlier. Uh, we have much to cover still, but we are getting very close to the end where God joins Jesus uh, and us on earth, bringing, of course, creating a new heaven and a new earth and bringing uh, the new Jerusalem down. And, of course, Eden is restored. Um, and so there's so much to, still to cover, but we are getting close to the end, guys. So hang in there and we're almost there. Thank you, God, for all your blessings. Thank you for what you are doing and what you are gonna going to do. I pray for this podcast that you will increase the listeners and help it grow and increase its reach. I play, I place it in your hands, Lord. You know, I will be faithful to share your truth and I will trust you to send it out and spread it to wherever and whomever you want it to go to. I pray that it makes a difference and helps uh, to further the mission of your kingdom. I pray over all the listeners out there and over your church. And I ask you, Jesus, to remind them that you are with them through it all and you will never leave them and that you are only a prayer away. If they need you, they only need to call your name. Bring revival in your people. Let us usher in that revival by awakening the spirit of worship that you have placed in us. Let us worship you in spirit and in truth. Pour out your spirit on your people, Lord, and use us to be a light and to help bring in the full number. Amen.